Hey y'all, and welcome back to another episode on the Modern Mama podcast. Today's episode is going to be talking about handling tantrums with my own method called SEEK. Now let's get right into it. So as we know, we start every podcast with a very insightful question for those who are listening. And today's question is, what do you do? And how do you react as the parent or caregiver when your child cannot control their emotions? Just something for you to think about. So today's topic is one that I get asked about often because as our kids get out of that very cute and adorable newborn age, they are quickly thrown into the wolves of toddlerhood. And tiny tots are the most notorious kinds of toddlers. Those are very special, terrible twos, um, and terrific threes, and fantastic fours, and fabulous fives. (laughs) But what we oftentimes don't talk about enough in the parent community are what are the things that we need to do when handling our child's tantrum. A lot of the times when the conversation is directed or surrounding tantrums, it's really trying to figure out what's wrong with the child, the child, and the child. And that's absolutely normal and perfectly fine to ask those questions as well. I'm not saying that it's not. However, have you ever tried to be calm in a very triggering and anxious environment? It's really difficult to do so. It's extremely difficult especially if you're a very neurodivergent person and sounds and yelling and being touched all day is already overstimulating for you and then you add in someone else's emotions to that i can just imagine how frustrating at times it might feel to have to deal with someone's emotions it's not particularly because it's a child's emotions but it's just someone else's. And especially if you're an empath like myself, we literally will sometimes carry someone's emotions with us. And so if you are an empath or neurodivergent or you have any you know, other kinds of overstimulating mental um, moments in your parenthood journey, just know that we are here we understand and we're going to explain and kind of give you a really easy four letter acronym that you can say to yourself all the time and it really really helps a lot when we are talking about tantrums we really want to see where is the tantrum stemming from is this something that is a fear is it an anxiety a form of anxiety Is it overstimulation? Is it understimulation? Is it curiosity? Is it anger maybe? Is it sadness or frustration? A tantrum in its own biological sense is a moment when your child's emotions are unregulated and they have no control over what is happening to them. So to put in, I guess, adult terms, Have you ever been in a scenario where 
everything seems to be going wrong. I mean, you did your hair the day before, it's not dry for some of us natural girls. The hair, your hair's not dry, or it didn't come out the way that you wanted to. Your makeup was running, or your favorite perfume or cologne ran out. Um, if you don't wear makeup, you don't have no deodorant. It's hot, summer day. Your car got low gas, so you got to go get gas, but you're already late. You didn't eat. You're thirsty, dehydrated. Now people are making you late. There's an accident. Then you have maybe coworkers or a family member or your spouse saying something to you that just rubbed you the wrong way. Or you was really excited to eat your food after work and somebody ate it. Whew, child, that pissed me off. <laughs> you know, we've all been through scenarios like that where you you get packed with so many things, so many things, so many things. And then that one little needle broke the camel's back. And that was it. You're exploding on everyone. You're yelling, you're cursing, you're screaming. You're Or if you don't do that, you're quiet. You turn away. You're isolating yourself. You don't want to deal with anybody or anything because clearly no one and everything is just messing it up. Imagine your child experiencing those same events, but they literally have no control over the things that is happening around them. They can't control what they eat, what they wear, what they are drinking, what time they get to go outside, when they get to come back in, how long they can do something for. You as their caretaker is navigating all of these rules and regulations for them. Maybe it's 30 minutes of screen time, an hour of outdoor play, an hour of independent play, however your schedules are. But the point is, is that our kids lack that freedom to just do anything or even remove themselves out of the situation because they need us still. And so when we have young children who still 100% need us to guide them and to show them the way, and they are you know, immobilized in their, their rational thought processes and everything, it could be really frustrating to be told no, or not yet, or not today, or whatever, you know, whatever may have enticed the tantrum to begin, we have to realize that there's always a, a root cause. The root cause, however, may be trivial, it may not even make sense to you, but that's something we always have to remember. It doesn't have to make sense to you as the parent for you to just respect how they feel. And so we always, we've all experienced those moments when your sweet child is suddenly yelling and screaming when you're just trying to implement something new or just tell them something. Maybe they're trying to climb up somewhere and it's dangerous and you're trying to let them know, hey, you can't do that. Or even just trying to explain to them, hey, it's bedtime, we have to go to bed. Or, you know, something that may have been a normal routine in your family. And it can be really confusing and overstimulating for us parents and just plain annoying. Let's be real. It's very annoying to have your child just refuse and there's no reason behind it. There's legit no reason behind it. It can be more than frustrating, especially when all you want to do is just take a little bit of a break. 
Hearing a child scream at the top of their lungs for things can often lead us to overreact and, as we like to say it in the community, keep that same energy with them. And that's the worst thing you can do, is keep that same energy with your kid. You could keep that same energy with anybody else, honey, I promise you. But your kids, your significant other, whomever, they deserve you at your raw and vulnerable moment. And yes, those are usually the people that know how to pick and prune those buttons the best. However, they still deserve our patience and our grace. And it's really difficult. I know, trust me. And I'm saying this as a retired educator where I had thousands of different personalities continuously being thrown in my face. It really is tough to regulate yourself and take a step back and be a rational person in a moment of irrationality. But I promise you, how you react to a tantrum is the most important part about the tantrum. Let's discuss why. Now, I have to give a disclaimer for everyone because I don't want to hear, well, I tried the seek method and it ain't work. The tantrum ain't stopped. Girl, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I don't think the method worked. Stop. Right there. The seek method or any other method that someone may be trying to sell to you or tell you about, they will never end the tantrum. Because at least for me, the seek method The goal is not to stop the tantrum. The goal is to let your child know that you are there. Whether the tantrum goes on for five minutes or 20 minutes is none of your business. And I know no one wants to be in the house or outside or in public with a kid that's just screaming and yelling. However, if When you were feeling upset when you were a child, or even as an adult, when you were feeling some kind of way, or let's let's take this for example. Have you ever been really excited about something and you couldn't wait to tell your friends or your partner or your parents even, and they just shot it down and all of the excitement that you had for that thing just went away and you no longer had interest in that thing it's very similar to the way we react to our kids tantrum i don't have to join the tantrum i don't have to be angry with you i don't have to yell at you neither but what i do have to show you is that i'm here to support you i'm here beside you and i'm here if and when you need me forever And that's our job as parents, to establish that confident relationship with our kids that no matter what you do or how you behave, I will be here for you ten toes down. And that's the part of parenting where shit gets real. (laughs) That's when things start to really get real because then we start to detach our feelings away from our job. 
And so the seek method is really, really simple, really easy. It's only four letters. So it's nothing crazy that you have to remember. And I chose the word seek because I've, I find that seek really has you look inward. I'm a very insightful person. And I, I love for all of my listeners to have a little bit of insight with them as well. And so when you're using the seek method, you want to see what am I seeking out? What is my goal at the end of this conversation? What is my goal? What am I supposed to provide for my child in this moment? What is the goal for me? What is the goal for this event that's happening right now? No matter where you are, whether you are at Target, Ollie's, Walmart, home, the park, your grandma house, your papa house, there's a goal at the end of this tantrum. And like I said, the goal shouldn't be for it to end. The goal should be for your child to have some form of a clarity to know that you're here. Whether your child is nonverbal or verbal enough to express what they're angry about, you still want them to have that confidence that you will always be there. And so we're going to start off with the first letter, which is S. S is speak. How you speak to your child determines how they grow up in themselves and in the world. We want emotionally available adults who are capable of navigating their emotions in regulated, healthy ways. Yelling, hitting, or being aggressive doesn't get what you want. Even if it does get what you want, it's due to manipulation and fear, not because the person actually wanted to do it. And we don't want to continue this toxic habits, right? No, we don't. And so how you react to the tantrum will mold your child into how they can work through their own emotions the next time. And when I say next time, I don't immediately mean the next event. <laughs> I mean for the next time that they have realized and understood what is happening. If your child is like mine, who is 14 months old, it will take a few years before your child can truly use the skills that you're implementing now. If your child is four, you might have a little, uh, definitely a running start to it. If your child is six and up, for sure, at that age, they are a lot more expressive. They have a lot more um, development in their emotional and cognitive ways and methods and how they express themselves. And so you should definitely want them to be as open minded as possible. Try to ask open-ended questions, not closed-ended questions. And so we just need them to hear. It's not necessarily the understanding part, because like I mentioned, they won't really understand it until they're a lot older. But what we really want is for them to hear that it's okay to feel how they are feeling. Feelings are not bad. They are just bad behavior. And even then, I don't like to use the word bad. I've never, as an educator, I've never said that I had bad students. I've never even said I had a bad day. 
Because that negative word, no matter how you want to change the meaning of it, it holds a negative connotation to it. And so when you attach that negative tone to anything, you immediately will look at it in a negative way. And so feelings are not bad things. You can feel angry. You have all right to feel that. You can feel mad and jealous and hurt and sad and depressed and anxious and fearful. And you can feel those things. However, how you go about expressing that, your behavior behind the emotion, that itself can be a bad thing. And so we really want to watch the language that we're using with our kids and how we're saying certain things, especially, you know, we want to be very gender neutral as well we don't want to paint this picture that boys shouldn't cry or boys shouldn't be emotional or that girls are always crying or overly emotional as well we don't want for anyone to feel like because i'm a girl i shouldn't cry as much because i'm always crying or because i'm a boy i should toughen up because it's only girls cry that's a extremely toxic idea and it doesn't help anyone all we end up having is closed off and very tough individuals that we all have to interact when they are adults and so that's for seek that's s for seek for speak she's louise (laughs) and so speaking to your child the way and the tone and the language that you are using is incredibly important to how your child understands what is happening you want to speak to them in a very calm neutral tone you don't want to add any base any height to it you don't want to sound like a baby neither you do want to be firm in what you're saying your language stand firm in what you are telling them but at the same time you want them to understand that it's okay to feel like this And depending on their age, you can add in a little bit of reveling. Let them know that you've felt like this and you feel like this to this day. You have moments where you explode yourself. And you could show them some breathing exercises to help them cope when they're feeling like this. Maybe some, you know, key words that they can say to you when they're getting into that moment of feeling like they might have a tantrum. There's a few things that you can say to them that can help guide them and navigate them for the future of this scenario because it will happen again. And so for E, E means explain. And so explaining to your child, which is a lot of controversy in a lot of cultures, including my own, but we are the modern mama, okay? Not the old school mama, the modern mama. And so we are explaining things to our kids, okay? Our kids have rights. Sorry, y'all. They do. And so we're going to explain to our children why what needs to happen is vital. And so what that really means is, let's say you, you are outside, And you told your child, hey, just a few more minutes and we're going to head to the car. 
unless your child is 10, 8, 7 maybe. I skipped 9, but you know. But unless your child is in grade school and past third grade, their concept of time is not on board with us. I can tell my husband, oh, give me a few, and he'll understand what that means. I cannot tell my two-year-old, give me a few. What is a few? Well, how do I calculate few? How do, what does few look like? I, I don't know. <laughs> but we as adults know, what. give me a few. Oh, give me a minute. I'll be there in a minute. If you said that to your kids, like, oh, give me a few seconds. One, two, cool, few seconds. Give me a few minutes. Okay, few, uh, it has three letters. So three minutes, okay, great, you have three minutes. Everything that we are saying to our kids, which goes back to the essence and seek, really is the catapult to how we get to explain something afterwards, right? And so you want to be able to explain your child through their own thought process. You don't want to name the process for them, but you may want to ask them questions or give them some forming sentences so that they can try to carry on the conversation if they're in the in you know mental environment to do so. Obviously, if you have a kid that's throwing a tantrum and they are immediately shutting down, there is something triggering them for them to reach that point. And we have to figure out what that is. And talking to them, once again, in that calm, collective manner and trying to explain, like, were you upset because we had to leave the park? Were you sad that you had to leave grandma's house? Did you not understand when I said that time was up? Did I not really explain to you what a few minutes meant? And it felt like you had longer time. I'm sorry about that. I'll be more specific next time. Little things. Even though a conversation like that may not be even 100% of the time the main reason for a tantrum. But it's, it's those little words and those little sentences that help form that way to have those conversations, at least for yourself. Sometimes we need to talk to ourselves in a calm manner because we've never had someone talk to us in a calm manner. So how can I, ex- how can I show calmness to my child when I've never seen calm? Everything has always been fight or flight. It's either a hundred or it's nothing. How can I show calmness and patience to my child when I don't even have calmness or patience myself? And that's why you're listening, right? To gain those insights and figure out, okay, so how do I work on this in myself? And it takes a lot of time, years, really. And, you know, the work of maybe finding a professional, trying new ways of meditation. But I promise you, we got this, okay? We're going to work on this together. (laughs) And so the point with E for explain is, that you are remaining an active communicator and doing your part in aiding and help and moving along your child through the tantrum. Like I'm going to continuously say, the tantrum may or may not stop after this point. It may just escalate because you're talking. 
It is what it is. Sometimes what our kids need is for us to not say anything. And that, the seek method is very um, circumstantial. What the situation is will determine how many of the letters you use. You may just be able to use E and K and not even S and E. And that's cool. You may just be able to use one E or one, one K or even just an F or nothing at all. And that's fine. But how the tantrum is handled, whether you use the seek method or not, is the most important part. And so that's really it for E. So we've done S for speak. If you're not writing this down, I would hardly suggest you do. <laughs> and we have E for explain. And then we have our next E, which is excuse. Now it's not excuse, but excuse, like to excuse yourself, which is very, very important. Excusing yourself from the situation if it's too much for you, or if you see your child needs space, there is nothing wrong with trying to regulate yourself. But there are a lot of things that are wrong with trying to level a hot head while you yourself are hot headed. It will never work. It's fighting fire with fire. And we don't want more flames. We're trying to extinguish the fire. And we don't want to prolong the fire neither. But we also don't want to ignore our child. Just because our child may be crying for something we find to be silly or trivial or annoying doesn't give us the right to ignore our child's emotional need. Because the tantrum could just be a, you know, a, a, like a smoke screen. I've, I've been in plenty of situations where I'm fine and I'm okay, and then I hear that one song and I'm bawling, crying my eyes out. Lord Jesus, take me now. Like, crying. I mean, I've had that situation happen a couple of times, especially at work. And it's not, it's not maybe the song that got me there. And it may not even be, I'm not really crying because I'm sad, but something just triggered me and it got, it just brought back all these emotions. And now my, my, what I'm, what you're seeing is sadness, but what I'm feeling may be regret, maybe anger. It may be frustration. I don't even know why I'm crying. I'm frustrated that I'm even crying right now. I'm that kind of person, y'all. Okay, I don't like to cry. So if I'm crying, I'm mad because you made me a bitch. <laughs> and so we want to really take that moment. And this is honestly while you're speaking to your child. If you see as you're trying to talk to your child, it's escalating. You might want to skip that first E and go to excuse. You might want to just say, hey, baby, you know, I understand how you're feeling. And I see that you are really upset right now. Do you think that having space is something you may want? Now, I'm, I'm speaking for a child who's a little older, but for my 
14 month old I obviously wouldn't use that many words but for my 14 month old I would honestly say are you okay no you're not okay are you having big feelings do you not know which one it is well that's okay too mommy has big feelings oh you don't want mommy to talk anymore that's fine I'm gonna be right here if you want me to talk or if you want to hug and keep your body open body language says a lot before you can even speak and so you want to be inviting and open and show your child that this isn't these aren't emotions to fear this isn't a situation to fear i mean i know many of us who have experienced these childhood traumas where just the thought of crying is a fear because we've all heard of what you crying for i'll give you something to cry before i give you something to cry about or you better stop crying you know anything and we've managed to hold on to these emotions we don't want to continue that trauma with our kids we want them to know that it's okay to scream and yell and be loud and do what you need to just get it out because it's it's healthy to get it out it's really unhealthy to keep it in but what we won't do is we won't hit people we won't bite people we won't throw things we won't hurt ourselves you know and so as long as your child is having these tantrums in a way that's not harming themselves or someone else you can really allow them to be as expressive as possible probably even join in on it say huh you needed a screaming match too me too Ah!" something make it relatable give them that comfort of okay they did give me some space but they're back and they still love me and they're having fun with me and this isn't something that's going to be used against me later because oof I remember those days when you would do something and even years later, they're still bringing it up at the barbecue. Ugh, I swear. Some people have the best memory and it's the worst. (laughs) And so depending on your child, of course, and the situation at hand and obviously your surroundings. Now, if you're at Target and they're throwing a full-blown tantrum, you may not want to give them space perfectly understandable you may want to just get them out of the store right now i mean who wants to sit here and gentle parent and target when people are looking at me like i'm crazy and that my child is running all over me no one wants that but at the same time no one else is going to be living that life but you and your child and so no one else's opinion matters at that moment your child needs you and they have no way of trying of expressing that that's what the tantrum means and so being mindful and saying okay you know what maybe we need to get out of this place maybe this store is a little bit overstimulating for you how about we do this another day it might suck for you as as the parent to miss out on an opportunity this might have been the only day you could have went shopping but that doesn't mean the shopping day is over we might just need a few minutes outside we might just need a little bit of a running moment. Let's try to get some of this energy out. Oh, let's go do something. We might just really need a change of scenery. That could also be the excuse part. Is 
not just excusing yourself, but let's excuse this moment right now. Let's try to just kind of take a step back and reconvene. Let's gather ourselves together. Let's be silly. Let's shake all the silliness out. Let's get it all out and figure out what is wrong. What happened, baby? What's going on? Are you okay? Is everything all right? What's making you feel this way? We really want to get to that root problem and really start asking questions that allow for your kids to be open instead of, why are you mad? Well, I never said I was mad, but I guess I am now. Why are you crying? Well, I'm not really crying. I'm a little upset, but tears just started forming. I don't really know why. I'm not sad. You want to allow for your kids to express how they feel instead of you expressing it for them. Because sometimes we're wrong about the expression they were trying to voice. And so we want to give them that space to where they can say, I don't really know what was wrong, but I felt really bad or I felt really ugh about when you said no to me and I didn't like that and so I yelled and I'm sorry mommy or I'm sorry daddy or I'm sorry grandpa or whomever and you know we we want to have those moments where we allow for our kids to really just be free and expressive and give them that chance to just say how they're feeling with no contention and just let it be that Sometimes feelings have no ending. There's times where I'm sad and I have absolutely no, I have no, I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I can try to ponder what might have made me sad or might have triggered it, but is this the base of my sadness? No, not necessarily. And so the same things that we experience as adults, I promise you, our kids are feeling the same way. And what's worse is they don't have all of the language and resources and wisdom to actually try to figure out what's happening. And so we have to be their image, their map, their guideline for how do we handle ourselves when things happen like this? What do we do? So that's E, excuse. So we've already done S, speak, E, explain, E, excuse and then the last letter which is k and it's my favorite one because it's keeping it simple okay keeping it short sweet concise simple honey don't be chatting in these babies ears okay because after the first five sentences i'm be honest with you they done lost track they don't care what you're saying anymore have you ever tried to talk to a mad person it don't work it will never work you can't get through to them they are red so what do you try to do when you are talking to a mad person? Get the point across. Baby, stop. Can't do it. Not the future. Jail doesn't look good on you. <laughs> Turn around. We want to be very simple and concise. No one listens when they're upset or sad. You can't especially listen if you are screaming. If your child is yelling, this may not be the best moment to try to explain to them heart for heart, word for word, what they may be feeling. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't give a fuck and it hurts. It hurts our feelings sometimes. But it's okay because I don't give a fuck a lot of the times. 
And that's fine for me to not give a fuck. But I still would want my, my husband to at least let me know, like, hey, babe, I know you may not care about this, but I love you and I'm here for you if you need me. It's like, oh, okay. Well, thanks, boo. Do my little dance in the corner. <laughs> Sometimes that's all we need. And it's not that much different for your child. Sometimes all they need to hear is, I know that you're upset and that's fine. Do you want to yell? Do you want to eat something? Do you want to stomp on something? Do you want to throw something? Are you feeling like there's something that wants to come out? Cool. Keep it simple. Straight to the point. We really want to give our child the ability to understand what's happening, even if they aren't listening. Like I mentioned earlier in the podcast episode, tantrums happen typically with kids younger than six because their mind is still developing, they're still getting to know themselves and their emotions. Past the age of six at that point, their their tantrums are more developed. It's not it's no longer a tantrum, it's just kind of a mood at the moment. <laughs> My kid's just in a mood. And um the way that they're expressing is definitely uh, it, it's becoming more straightforward. And so we want for our kids to just be able to have the consistency of the work so that later on they could then try to follow it on their own. And that's what this method truly is about. The SEEK method doesn't have to be done in any particular order. It doesn't have to be done at all. (laughs) However, it's really just a helpful guideline for those of us that may need moments of clarification or okay I, I have I know a couple of things that I can do that may help may not help but I'm gonna try them and like I mentioned early on too the goal of the tantrum is not for it to end that's our goal on the inside that's our personal goal and that's fine for it to be a personal goal but that shouldn't be the goal you're putting on your child is for them to stop crying. That's not the point. That's not why they're crying. They're communicating something to you. They're telling you that something is bothering me. Our goal of handling tantrums is how we handle tantrums. The way you're speaking to them, the way you address them, the way you comfort them, The way you acknowledge them and their emotions. What do you say when they're upset? What do you say when they're sad? Do you say gender-based things that will end up making them believe that boys shouldn't be sad or that girls are too sad? We want to really provide an open and honest future for our kids where they can go into the world feeling and being confident in themselves and in what they believe and in their minds and how they go about things in the world. We don't want kids continuously second-guessing themselves, being afraid to express themselves, having the fear of backlash because of 
you know, they're overly emotional or, you know, just we, we really want to build and grow a new generation. And that's what the SEEK method is. It's, it's a helpful tool that really does work. And I'm not just saying this because it's my own method, <laughs> but um, I've given this to teachers, instructors, caregivers alike, and it's literally worked for all ages from preschool up until the fifth grade, which is the end of primary school. And so it really does help no matter the age, no matter the the complexity of their language. All people want to feel comforted and safe when they are feeling upset. Not every moment and not every tantrum is is something to solve. And, you know, even as an adult and being married, I've told my husband that, you know, not every time I'm upset or I'm sad, I need you to come and save me or solve a problem. And so I've told him, if I'm upset or I'm, you know, telling you about something, ask, is this a solution or are you just venting? Let me know. And that has helped us tremendously because I know that he's just listening. And when I need for him to give me advice or to help me, then that's what I need. But sometimes we just want a listening ear. I just want to be able to say what I want and not feel persecuted and not feel like someone's not listening or they have their own agenda. And so we truly want to be able to provide our kids with as much as possible because they deserve it. Even if we didn't at the moment, they definitely deserve it. And we do too. If you're in a space or a place where you feel like your voice does not matter, I'm letting you know now that it does. Your voice does matter. How you speak to others does matter a lot. But most importantly, how you speak to yourself matters a lot. And these moments for our children become their internal voice later. And we want for them to have very strong-minded, confident, and positive internal voices later. And so that's really the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If no one hasn't told you today, you are doing an amazing job. You are a wonderful parent or caretaker. Your family is lucky to have you. Thank you so much for listening. Come back for episode three, which will be a nice little surprise as to what we're doing. But I'll see you guys next time. Later.